the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, 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 it's a fantastic Friday following in a Halloween extravaganza. Listen, I told you right away when you tried on that Dolomite coat, it was going to be hard to take it off. I see you went two days in a row. Love it. I asked a very important question before, uh, before the show started. What do all dictatorships, what do all totalitarian governments have in common? And I ask that because we're really narrowing in on the collapse of the American system. I know it's not popular. I know that everybody wants to play cowboys and Indians, good guys and bad guys, who's got the white hat, who's got the black hat. But as you watch the entire Democrat Party devolve into a Soviet system where Elizabeth Warren is now advocating for $9 trillion in a specific wealth tax and demonizing very successful citizens and families in the country. As you see political parties pit aspects of society against each other, what is it that they all have in common? And it, it, and I was going to wait for somebody to answer it, but I'm not going to wait. It's altruism. It's political parties selling altruism selling this notion of utopia at the cost of you sacrificing to live for other people. That's, that's how all great countries collapse from within. That's what has really swept the planet since the late 1800s, is this idea that it is your responsibility to live for your neighbor and theirs to live for you. It's what we witnessed at the Chicago Teachers Union strike. It's why I, 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 I try to point out the fact that Communism has swept the country and all day long as it broke about Elizabeth Warren, as the news stories came out, I couldn't help but notice how complacent so many citizens are. As you listen to this do nothing person, what, what, what is specifically her qualification to rebuild the American anything, let alone something as important as healthcare system? In the best place on the planet that it was working. The damage that she's complaining about is something that her party did a decade ago in Obamacare. We don't even remember what it was like, how much cheaper, how much better, how many more individuals flourished in the system. And we are pretending that this is the action of free men and free markets and capitalism. But it, it doesn't. This is what happens at every collapse. This is what happens at every government manufactured problem. And the cavalier attitude in which somebody I wouldn't hire as an Uber driver all of a sudden potentially has the power to seize every bit of your freedom in the same way so many of her predecessors have done. The idea that we, we wiggled for a little while and that was it. After Obamacare passed and all of the predictions of the failure we lived through, 
And we act as if we are victims of circumstance. When the massive increase in costs, and that's if you do not inflationally adjust the money. If you were to inflationally adjust the premium dollar in 2009 to now, it would be staggering that you're already talking about, in some cases, such as specific small businesses, an increase of two and three hundred percent. That companies are being truly decimated as the average worker costs a company 20,000 in insurance premium increases a year. And we act as if the answer is to tolerate more of the seizure of this specific industry that all of us at some point in our lives will need some more than others. And that leads me to the other point. Why should the healthy be penalized for the sick? Why should the rich be penalized for the poor? How in a country that was built on the individual and his rights, why are we so downfield where now we're just talking about how much we're going to let you think you keep Knowing the whole time you keep none. You have no rights. We had a caller I was filling in last week and we were talking about property and he was a communist, stupid son of a gun. And he talked about, well, don't they own their homes? And he couldn't understand that when you're penalized for ownership, when you have to ask to replace a window, you don't own it. Look at where we are in healthcare. We have the mindset of slaves and we're just waiting for the slave master to take or give more. I was listening to the morning show, which I love. I don't listen to a lot of radio. I love Chicago's morning answer. I do. And I love the people who contribute. See, Stephen Tucker is a dear friend of mine. If I wanted to call them, he would have been on. But that's not, that's not the point. He's known the answers right along as he, and his, he's been saying it for 20 years, but he's been saying it specifically since, since Obamacare. And now this so-called Republican came out with the greatest thing he ever read. And I thought to myself, look at our mindset as so-called Republicans. We're the party of oppositions, of opposition to, to, to servitude, of opposition to socialism. So this other senator came out with this great thing, and it's going to be great. What in the hell are they doing in that industry at all? Can somebody answer me? What business do they have in that industry if we are free and if we are a society built on our wants, our rights, our needs, our desire? So the reality of progression to where this professional habitual liar, Elizabeth Warren, a woman who should be so embarrassed to even show her high cheekbones and her pasty white derriere in public after claiming to be an Indian. She has no shame. And now she has the audacity to pretend to be have the capability to rewrite the medical industry from soup to nuts. And this could only happen in a country of people who have the mindset of slaves in the first place. And her willingness now, her naked, authoritarian, dictatorial fascism now, is just the progression of the path we allowed ourselves to be set on. So when I first heard this clip, the wonderful, talented Betty Rubble, Misty Callahan, pulled the clip. When I first heard it, I thought to myself, why, we got her. Then I realized, people don't care anymore. Listen to this, listen. Listen. 
Regardless of what kind of money is involved, Medicare for all would likely result in a pretty significant kind of shift in how our health care system is structured. And even supporters of that approach within the health policy world have said that that likely would mean lost jobs in some form. Um, an economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst told Kaiser Health News earlier this year that that could result in about 2 million jobs lost. Uh, he said those would be mostly administrative positions and insurers, doctor's offices. And he said that politicians who want to move toward that system, Medicare for all, have to think about what a, quote, just transition, a fair transition would look like. What would that look like for you? So I agree. I think this is part of the cost issue. I agree. I think this is part of the cost issue. So someone sitting in government, cavalier as she could be, is prepared to completely destroy millions of lives directly and indirectly now there is the difference between us the reporter who asked the question and the mindset of a dictator of a fascist of a socialist yes that's going to be the cost and so i said it let it be done like a pharaoh all the time promising a better utopia an altruism a better system Regardless of the fact of the destruction on the way to get there. And whether you go from Hitler to Fidel Castro to Stalin, they all share that same arrogance and confidence and ignorance and ability to change lives with an idea. And the rebuttal to it, in my opinion, is flaccid at best. An Illinois Republican at most. No, please, please. Maybe if we just change it here and just change it there. Because we've given up the principled argument, whether it's the school system that we all pretend isn't a communist-run socialist organization, whether it's the unionization of our labor forces, whether it's the collectivism of our macro economy, whether it's the immorality of a progressive tax in the first place, why not just tax the people that were somehow able to circumvent those, those abuses of their rights in the first place to whatever some politician wants? Why have we lost the argument? And it can only be because we stopped making it. Because we adopted that mindset to where we're allowed, we're allowing them to sit up there with a certain confidence and tell us what we are allowed to participate in. Because what they're not telling you is that when you control this system, and you've already seen it quietly, they cannot control a healthcare system without controlling the people. And that's why it's not a far step before there's mandatory activities and mandatory actions that you should take. And to their defense, why shouldn't there be? Why shouldn't there be? For the people who take care of themselves and the, the ones that don't. Why? Why should a non-drug addict pay the cost of a drug addict? Why should a healthy person pay the cost of a sick? Why? How are we so downfield that the responsibility isn't of that person and their loved ones or the charity that we would all cast upon them, but is now turned over to a system that is so inept and so incompetent that every year it buries itself more and more. And I'm talking about our government. These are the most incapable people on the planet, and yet they're the ones in charge of everything. And if you think I'm wrong, the debt in this great economy 
$23 trillion today and not a peep. I didn't hear a peep from all the cattle drive radio. All the cheerleaders. I didn't hear one peep. Because this is our mindset. This is our fault. We bowed knee to this. So it's only the natural progression. And to pretend there's a fight against it, I say there isn't. I say there isn't when we turn over everything in our lives, in our country, to a pretend system that we think is fighting when the fact is it's losing, it's bankrupting us, it's taking our property rights, it's taking our economic rights away from us, even though they pretend they're on our team. In what Republican district are you not bound to bend knee to them when it comes to anything from housing to health care? Where? Where's the utopia on earth? The greatest country in the world. It's a tagline that we tell ourselves. But the reality is, we're not far different from the Venezuelans. We just got a better credit card. That's the only difference. We'll be back after this. AM 560. The answer. This is how we do it. You know, I was listening to the commercials. I got my little headset on. And uh, it's funny how the businessman, how the capitalist, how the achiever, how the healthy person, how they've always been demonized. It's funny how it is, but for them to sacrifice like the savages that threw their fellow villagers into the volcano to quiet it. Just just take Bezos money. See, I should, before I, I, I got on, I read the article about Bezos that her, that Warren's adjustment will cost him what is it, nine billion dollars, nine tr- whatever it is, nine billion cost him one year, nine billion. What the hell did this guy do to pay nine billion dollars in penalty to keep every sloth, whether they be justified or not, every unhealthy person, no matter how they abuse themselves? Why are we liable? Why? We are so far downfield. And you know who gets to appreciate this? People who've lived through it. People like, uh, and uh, he just called the show, and I always like him. Kurt, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, so I had a couple of points. Uh, so first of all, my daughter um, told me that Elizabeth Warren was going to be in the next president. And I said, well, if that happens, I'm moving up retirement because it will no longer be worth working. No. Uh, you can bet that all of these schemes... Uh, that allege that they're going to take the money from the rich people to pay for it, that bill is not going to land on their desk. It's going to be billed to the middle class and the lower class. They're going to end up paying the bill for all of this. As we always do. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my next comment was uh, was basically regarding the health care. Because, um, as you know, I, I lived in the U.K., um, actually worked in the NHS at one time. Uh, but the NHS is a system that was brought in after the war, in the UK, and it's remained pretty popular with people because they perceive it as being free. But they've also reconciled themselves to getting less than the best care and also waiting in line forever for treatments. Well, that's the main so you thing. You might that, have to wait in line. The main yeah. thing the Americans forget is they're, they're, they're under the impression that this system that they're all running to, Medicare sucks. It always has. It's riddled with waste, fraud, and abuse, and that's just the good points about it. The other parts are most of the doctors that take it, um, you know, they're mediocre at best. How many people want to go to the VA? I'll never forget. I, I, how many veterans I have in my in my family? Who the hell wants to run to the VA yeah. for treatment? It's the it's where <laughs> they put the simpletons because you've disincentivized workers. It's like the UAW. 
It's why GM just recalled 250,000 trucks again or four. It's because once you limit people, the kind of workers you get to that industry are normally not motivated. Now, there may be a few standouts, but by and large, it's mediocrity. And that's what the UK is. That's what Scandinavia is that they all love to. They all love to mention. There is no utopia here on Earth. The thing about America is we had a system where these heads of these other countries would specialize trips to come here and get work done. I'll never forget when the prime minister of Canada Absolutely. came to the Mayo Clinic. Absolutely. You know, and you yeah, hear Brian this. Brian Mulroney, wasn't it? And they're always selling that altruism. They're always selling that utopia. But if only we could seize it all. And I understand sometimes it's hard. I don't want to necessarily demonize the message other than say, what are you, stupid? What are you, a child? It's like letting seven-year-olds rewrite society. Kurt, you know I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for making it. I do appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. And that's the issue. This is not new. We are watching Venezuela collapse, yet we mirror their policies, both in health care, both in the economy. We are here in a state that is bankrupt, yet we pretend we have a fight, a dog in the fight. And maybe we do. Maybe you can turn it around. I'm not completely pessimistic. I'm optimistic. That's why I'm a businessman. That's why I look at something and I say, how can I make it better, provide a service, and make money doing it? Ironically, the only ones among us that truly want to help people are the businessmen creative enough to find a way to make people pay for that help? We are the ones that are providing a social benefit. All of you, if you're doing something that provides a benefit and has a demand. See, government rarely has a demand. Regardless of their demand, what do they want? Everything. Like the Chicago Teachers Union. Like the municipality unions. Like every government industry. It is failure that is rewarded time and time again. Medicare is a punchline. It is a joke. It is billions of dollars are stolen from it in every kind of scam from everybody who just sends up a, a shill company and creates leg bandages or, or back healing medication. Medicaid is a joke that the American people have already lost trillions of dollars on. Yet what's this failure in life, Elizabeth Warren? What is her great achievement? Can somebody call me? Now, we've all got the evil Google. Go ahead. Google her resume and somebody tell me on what premise you would be willing to allow this dimwit the authority to rewrite anything in our lives, let alone a system that affects each and every one of us, a system that only in this country where the great advances in medical and health care ever done was here. Not in these utopias they're trying to install the systems in. And you've already damaged it and hamstrung it with this fraud Obamacare, where Republicans welcome the subsidies, which is welfare, and they lie to themselves. And I've had them come to my, come to, to, to my business and try to sell me on how it's virtuous. The system subsidizes you. Why not qualify? Why not try? Because I don't take welfare. Why do you? Why would you? And moreover, like Kurt said, why would you fund it? Kurt's got it dead on. If they're going to pass this, you better adopt the work habits of every other sloth out there. Why would Bezos possibly 
possibly want to create a system like Amazon that benefited each and everybody who's ever even heard of it. Let alone now, in unison, we, like the hungry villagers in Frankenstein, just want to burn it, just want to tear it down. Yeah, take his money. And I can't help but notice there's Republicans that are in on that. And that's what, you, you know, that's the argument. That's the conversation I want to have on the slap and tickle. This could not have advanced if we put up a fight against it. On each and every front, we have failed to win the argument. When we stand on the most righteous ground of all, the ground that the country was built on, the ground of freedom and liberty and rights, why does anybody have the right to take someone's things because they think he has too much or because they think they need it any more? And that's how Russia was killed 60 million of its own people and was run by the most corrupt government that still has its corruption. If we give up the principle, we lose the argument. And now you're just talking about pressure points. It's not good enough for me. 312-642-5600. Slap and tickle, Chicago drive time. I don't know. We've been following. I, I, I have a moron on the line talking about how she went to Rutgers. Oh, Rutgers. You mean the one that's been involved in every sex scandal, sports scandal, money scandal. See, they think that academics should rule society because he's a slave. And that's how come they bought Barack Obama. Failure that he was. So I always like to bring on an expert, especially somebody who's been writing about the Affordable Care Act since really its implementation. She's been writing for, at, at, at the Washington Examiner, for U.S. News, for World Report. Kimberly Leonard, I want to thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm aggravated. Kimberly, I was never going to be, you know, I was never good at getting pushed around. I was never good at morons who thought that they could rule society. So I've been fighting this for a long time. And I remember when Obama passed Obamacare, how they shoved it down our throats. And I knew how it would fail. I knew how it would raise costs and services would shrink and the individuals would lose care and quality. So I'm trapped in this. And now the it looks like to me that we're about to double down on stupid, as societies always do. And we're going to go with Elizabeth Warren. What do you think will happen? Will it be utopia? What do I think will happen? Yeah. Well, the, she put out a proposal today that looks at how to pay for Medicare for all. As you know, she's come under a lot of you know, backlash, not just from Republicans, but especially from her Democratic rivals who said, You've, you don't have a plan for health care or how to pay for it. You only say you're going to support Medicare for all. So today she put out a plan. It estimates an additional $20 trillion in spending over 10 years, which is much lower than outside estimates have pegged it. Um, and she basically tries to make the argument for how she would do so without raising middle class taxes. Isn't this exactly what um, the propaganda was for Obamacare? I mean, isn't it verbatim? Well, the the Affordable Care Act did, did things a little bit differently because it really only targeted, you know, the people who were uninsured or those who didn't get employment through, or excuse me, those who didn't get health insurance through work. Um, but it is true that uh, Obamacare in order to stay at a certain price tag, which was a trillion dollars, um, ended up leaving out middle-class people who make above roughly $50,000 a year and said that if you you know, make that amount, you don't qualify for subsidies to help you pay for health insurance. And so 
in that way, it did leave out a lot of people who are in the middle class who are really struggling to be insured at all. But like all socialisms, it, it was forced, manipulated participation. It penalized companies that already had been giving their employees health care. It then eliminated the competition in health care companies, shrinking it down to a minuscule amount of three from what was, what, about 400 different companies prior to Obamacare? We've lost 40 percent of doctors have refused to or just gone into early retirement. The, the nursing is worse. The health system itself, hospitals have become cartels. Small hospitals have been knocked out. I don't think Obamacare has worked on one front, let alone even as much as their mission statement. But you have to forgive me. I'm self-employed. So I'm one of those people who I've seen my, my premium go from $500 to $2,200 a month with a $12,000 deductible. And I'm forced either into that or to go into a welfare system where I could be subsidized by my fellow American. But I'm uncomfortable with that. So it lied. So you do have an Obamacare plan? No, I will not go into that system. I have a Blue Cross Blue Shield where uh, it used to be an MSA, and they've changed it where they just keep torquing up the rate to squeeze us out. This is always the plot. But it's not about me. It's about a system that put society into a social system, a welfare system, to justify theft from one while financing another and hiding it under the same premise of a utopia. I thought things were going to be better. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's failed. I don't understand why we're doubling rather than ripping it out. Well, I don't really see the Medicare for All proposal as a doubling down on Obamacare, and I think that Elizabeth Warren's rivals don't see it that way either. Um, she's come under a lot of criticism by Joe Biden, by Pete Buttigieg, and by others who say that she's looking to essentially undo anything that was gained under Obamacare and starting from scratch. So, um, you know, doubling down isn't quite the way that they're looking at it. They would rather, you know, pour more money into Obamacare and add what's known as a public option, which would let people buy government plans, you know, if they want to. See, to me, she was just going on the natural progression of eliminating this idea that we have insurance companies, turning it all over to the government, closing that gap even smaller, which is what these programs are always meant to do, the whole time expanding a system in Medicare that is a failure. Is there something that I'm unaware of Medicare's success? Is it a success that I'm just unaware of? Well, one of the things that I think often gets left out of, you know, the discussions about Medicare for All is that Medicare right now isn't just operated, you know, by the government. There are all these plans known as Medicare Advantage, which about a third of seniors have, and those are run by private plans. And it really shows that those who are looking to upend the current system and disentangle private health insurance from the market are going to have a really hard time because even when you look at programs like Medicare, which are really popular, you're increasingly seeing people enroll in private plans that are just funded by Medicare. So those companies are not a Medicare kind of private hybrid where they're covering the overages that the government simply doesn't pay. So then they're working more in the form of what we're used to with health care companies. So then there will be subsidiary health care companies that make up the difference. But why is Medicare losing billions of dollars a year? Well, because it's paying out more than it's taking in. So that's causing, you know, the national debt to go up. And um, when lawmakers put forward and presidential candidates put forward ideas about Medicare for all, um, they do tend to leave out the fact that, you know, we're, there, there already is a problem with funding and that just shifting a few things around and trying to make more money 
raise more money through taxes won't necessarily reach the kind of um, overhaul and savings that they're looking at. So it sounds like a three-card Monty game that New Yorkers play with tourists when they get off the bus, where they just kind of hide the queen. Isn't that what we're really doing? We're just hiding the facts, because the reality that Elizabeth Warren knows that we've proven since Obamacare is it really doesn't matter if it costs more. We just pay it. And there really are no consequences when they're wrong. We just are subjugated to it. So do you think that whether it's Elizabeth Warren now or if it's Ocasio-Cortez in eight years, sooner or later, this is the trajectory of the American healthcare system? Well, that seems to be where a lot of Democrats think it's headed, um, even those like Pete Buttigieg, you know, who doesn't support Medicare for all, but who supports this idea of Medicare for all who want it, does think that, you know, eventually we'll get to single-payer health care. Um, former President Barack Obama, even though his plan was not Medicare for all or single-payer, um, has said since that he would prefer to have single-payer. He thinks it's, you know, more efficient. So the candidates who want to head in that direction believe that that's true. But in order to arrive at single payer, um, there would need to be a a huge Democratic majority in Congress. But at the same time, many of the Democrats who are there now don't support Medicare for all. Um, Even Nancy Pelosi today said that she didn't like it. So arriving at that form of consensus is very hard to imagine right now. And the healthcare companies that exist today... Part of the, the arrangement is we're subsidizing them monthly. So to the, to, if I were to make their argument, if they hired me to make their argument, what's the difference between subsidized pretend private health care companies and government, just, just government care? Well, in terms of the payment, they would say that there's no difference. They seem to think that they can raise the same amount of money from businesses as they do now under private health insurance. But, um, you know, there there are a lot of ways that private health insurers operate that can help the market. They can try different experimentation and work with employers in ways that can help make patients better, that can lower costs. They can work with different hospitals. They have really wide networks, especially big companies where people are working. Um, It's not as though they have these bare-bone plans. Um, But there are also a lot of problems with employer health insurance. It's gotten more expensive from year to year. And some people really are getting fed up and they're facing surprise medical bills. They're going to the pharmacy and having to pay hundreds of dollars for drugs. And so a lot of that frustration is leading people to turn to the government as as a solution in this case. So in your opinion, Kimberly, how much longer am I going to wear my own clothes before I have to wear that Star Trek socialist outfit? Will I be able to pick out my own clothes in the future? I'm kidding. Thank you. I don't really make predictions about the election. I appreciate it, Kimberly. Thank you so much for joining me. I had a good time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Her big claim to fame. She's an academic. She worked in academia. Sure, she got the job by lying. Lying. Sure. She maybe made a little money in house flipping with her banking connections. That's my favorite part. See, that's why they that's why the academics hate capitalism, because in the real world, no one cares where you went to school. It's, you know, can you produce? Can you deliver? No one wants to hear about your scholastic achievements, because in that world, it's fake. It doesn't mean anything. Most of the professors can't do anything and haven't done anything. It's an 
intellectual masturbation place where we pretend that there is some sort of an achievement for you just sit there with your little elbow patches on and you pretend that you're royalty because you've achieved some phony award. But in the real world, this is where a guy named Stash could come from nowhere with a tool belt and turn into a millionaire five years later. And the academics scratch their head. Why? Why is that system there? If only I could run Stash's life. Sure, he wouldn't be a millionaire, but he'd be happier. They have the audacity and the arrogance to believe they have the right to control other people's life. There's only one side that doesn't. There's only one side that advocates for the individual to be in charge of himself and his life and his outcome. Only one. And that's the side of Americanism. Yet, lo, these couple of hundred years, both sides now are advocating for control over it. It's ridiculous to me. But some people want to be slaves. Ken, how are you? Yeah, guy, I, I don't even know how to respond to what you're uh, to what you're saying. I mean, you, well, you then are, what are you, you on the phone anti, for? You are you are anti intellect. I mean, is that what is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm anti you, idiot, anti intellect, because you don't want to have people tell other people pro- the processes they have to live within, the confinements. So that the Kens of the world, here, let me, let's start here. I don't want to pay $1 towards that moron's aspirants, ever. I don't care what he does with his life. I don't want any cost of that idiot buffered onto my tab. That's how it should be. I don't want to pay for the Kens. I don't want to pay for the communists. I don't want to pay for anybody but me and mine. I'll pay for me and mine. I'm not going to pay for drug addicts and morons and little fascist dictators. See, that's the system of Americanism I'm promised. But somehow we've turned into this idea where we're part of this society. And I'm bound by that idiot's choices. So if he sticks a needle in his arm tonight and he goes to the hospital, then all those costs are spread upon all of us. Is that a society? Or is that a dictatorial, totalitarian, despotic system that penalizes those who do for those who don't? It's penalizing people for living properly. And that's just one system of drug addiction, because that's the whole thing, right? That's the massive costs here in Chicago. It's about the shootings, 2,300 and change shootings a year. What's the cost? And how many of the people who are pulled in, what do you think? They got a Blue Cross Blue Shield card in their pocket? What's the cost? And who pays for it? The people who don't participate in the gangs. We pay for it. So instead of the system that, that corrects that and penalizes that, we have a system that we turn over to these phony academics and we pretend that they're going to have the answers. But yet in every country where the academics have taken charge, selling altruism, how does it end? How does it end? Venezuela, Cuba, Russia. How does it end? It ends in absolute destruction and chaos. And by the way, this was a big selling point with the Nazis. In fact, we are lockstep with what the Nazis were selling their citizens. We're even implementing a lot of their economic policies. They were big on this altruism as well. How does it end? This is the only country where people couldn't put themselves through a phony academic system and then pretend to be your God. We turned them over. Oh, she went to Rutgers. That was that was 
that moron's big point. She went to Rutgers, and you're from the west side. Well, let me tell you something, Ken. I'll put 500 on the hood of my car. You come and take it from me. See, in the real world, you can't. In the real world, you can't. But you can do it through law, and they can do it through their phony power that we give them. They don't have the power to make these choices in our life. And I don't care if Elizabeth Warren wins this time or who wins the next time. This is what's coming down the pipe. 312-642-5600. You know what I love? Aside from a lot of stuff, I love when I am so proven right beyond the shadow of a doubt. You remember our little dissertation on the UAW yesterday? You remember how we proved that the UAW beyond the shadow of a doubt produces terrible products at extremely high rates. And you know what? It makes those guys who remember for Chrysler on 60 Minutes, they were going across to the forest, preserve high and drunk, come back, you can't fire them. Just had a massive, massive recall. Of, uh, of uh, GM, 250 million cars. Oh, the brakes don't work. Seems to be a problem. How we said, when you disincentivize labor, you produce a minimum that is very good. Why would anyone produce a maximum? As we watch our America that we all fell in love with, that made most of our family members very successful, that people came from all over the world because they were part of a system that rewarded them specifically for what they did and who they were and how they produced. And now we've slipped into the welfare system. I never forget the con artists that are out there, the communists that live among us that pretend to pretend to be productive and pretend to have a vision. You know, they're mainly mainly hide in academia, as I like to point out with Sharkey, failure, fraud that he is living married to an heiress from a cruise line, living in a two and a half million dollar house, pretending to be down with the people. But UAW is a particularly good example because since it's really grabbed strength over the American car manufacturing system, American car companies can't compete even close. But guess who can? Guess who's been doing really good? You guessed it. The U- Meanwhile, fresh UAW. off the UAW's new labor agreement with Ford, the United Auto Workers President Gary Jones and other top union officials are being accused of embezzling member dues. Mike Tobin has the details in his year-long corruption investigation. Mike. And Charles, what's laid out in this latest criminal complaint is that these union leaders were living high on the hog. Ooh, that's a surprise, uh, huh? Billing it essentially to the union and like burying Mike. everything in the expenses. But in terms of cheating on expenses, this is next-level stuff. The criminal complaint alleges that Edward Robinson and six other union officials embezzled some $1.5 million in union funds, then hid all that from the IRS. It alleges two separate purchases of cigars at over $13,000 a crack, Ooh. roughly $20,000 that went to pay for golf clubs, clothes, and green fees. The, compla- the complaint alleges that the union was double-billed for big meals with tabs at almost $10,000, and certain union officials would just split the cash left over. Other expenses alleged are private villas, high-end booze. In some cases, checks were generated out of accounts for philanthropies or money was diverted from master accounts at resorts and just cashed by the union officials. Now, what party? What party is controlled by the unions? Which one? Where these scumbag wannabe gangsters live like men that achieve something. Which party is it?
The only person charged in this criminal complaint is Robinson, but it alleges co-conspirators, UAW's, uh, UAW officials, A, B, C, D, and E. Now, the Detroit Free Press and Detroit News cite anonymous sources who claim UAW official A is the president, Gary Jones, and that official B is former president, Dennis Williams. Jones' home in Canton, Michigan, was raided last August. Things like golf clubs were seen being taken from the home. It is alleged $32,000 in cash were found in the home. Now, a UAW spokesman issued a statement to Fox Business saying we take any allegation of claim about the misuse of union funds very yeah. seriously. Yeah, sure you do. It's been going on for a decade. And if you forensic audited every union, you'd find very similar offenses. I'd bet a dollar on it. What do you think of that? Because this is the game. This is American socialism hidden as altruism. This is the reality of how it works. This is how pretend intellects. See, this is the other thing that that dummy said. What are you, anti-intellect? As if academia and intellect had anything to do with each other. Everybody can spot this from a mile away. Organized crime, labor extortion, pretending to be a business, but above all, having massive political influence in our system. Massive. And this is when you come to the reality. That in a uh, pretend republic that bases itself on a, on a covetous citizens, you can't stay free. Sooner or later, your rights will be voted away. That's why states like ours, the most corrupt one of the, you know what, why say one of, the most corrupt state in the country. Right? What's the, what's the old joke? New York invented political corruption. New Jersey perfected it. Illinois made it an art form. As you see a Roy Hall get dragged up like he's doing anything the rest of them aren't doing. He just wasn't smart enough to make his brother or his wife or who knows what else run the buffer zone. That's the only difference. And yet it'll all come back to unions. It'll all come back to pay to play. Quid pro quo. We're, we're going to indict the guy on or, or, or what are we doing? We're impeaching him. Quid pro quo. Your whole the whole thing is quid pro quo. That's playing ball, sprinkling the infield. That's how things get done. Was it quid pro quo that got the teachers back to work? What is it? That seems like quid pro quo. You, you knuckle under. You give me everything I want. I'll go back to work. And who's going to pay for it? Well, not you. The stupid people you say will pay for it. That's who will pay for it. Just like this system that we're under. And that's where we lost the argument. Is the mindset that allowed us to vilify successful people in a society. And it took years. I love the fact about the, uh, the income tax. When it was originally passed in 1913, it affected 1%. And the people took their eye off the ball and said, oh, who cares they're rich? Who cares that they're rich? And now we're in a system now where the richest among us are the government. Who's richer than the government? You think Bezos is? As Elizabeth Warren threatens to tax them, and she will. You think corporations are, as we pretend that corporations exist, you know, for campaign contributions, how we pretend they're actually existing? See, they don't exist. They're made up of people. It's just more creative ways to tax people because we are part of a society that vilifies those who do instead of recognizing what it is they do. And what is real economy and what is fake? And as we watch the hybrid happen and we watch the metamorphosis, instead of resisting 
turning everything over to government. We're advocating for it. And this is how conservatives don't talk about spending. This is how conservatives don't talk about debt. I'm sorry, I'm I'm irritated today that the national debt officially. Now, we know unofficially, when you factor in the unfunded liabilities, we're well over $100 trillion. But officially, we're over $23 trillion. November 21st, we hit a debt ceiling as if we had one. As if we had one. The conservative rebuttal to the seizure of society, as far as I'm concerned, is nothing. In fact, in most cases, they cheerlead it. As I, as I look at the economic numbers and I see dummy after dummy, not just Spalding on Fox News with his big giant head and his bad die job, Lou Dobbs, not just him. This is a great economy. Everything's great. You just knuckled under everything we resisted in a Federal Reserve Bank manipulating credit to every corporation and every person that shouldn't necessarily have that much credit. The only thing really expanding in America is credit. In fact, I've got article after article from manufacturing that we were supposed to protect with this nationalism. It's down significantly. Manufacturing is down significantly. Production among people, among us, is down significantly. We are a credit bubble. Well, what happens to our kids when it, when it breaks? What happens to us, those of us who get older? What happens to our system as you're watching in good times as government expands? And the individual is no more to be talked about. In fact, he's vilified. And this goes to 1913 when we should have said in America, it is unjust for anyone to pay more percentage than anyone else. Can you imagine? You know, this is the answer that I I, I can't believe no one finds. We are the answer to the problem. We, the real people, not municipalities, not government growth, not government seizure. You want to turn this around and you could pay off the debt, even as ridiculously high as it is, as unimaginable as it is, you could do it if you allowed the citizen and his boss to be treated equally. If you allowed the high achiever to be treated as if somebody who didn't do well at achievement paid the same exact percentage, because what the man who produces does with his money is hire more regular people. What the government does when it seizes his money is hire government people. What's so hard to understand? As they, as they cook the books on unemployment numbers, I know it's not popular. Listen, if you want to get fluffed, there's many shows to do that. How many of the government jobs that we're touting, how many of the jobs that we're touting are government jobs where they're actually liabilities? How many of the jobs that we pretend are created are created because of government spending? See, they're not real. And you're not going to correct it. You know what's going to happen? You're going to become 10 years down the road from when the atrocity first happened. You're going to double the damn debt and you're going to pretend you're winning. You're going to force, force banks to loan cheap money. They're creating all those bad loans that we pretend we hated again. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to hear talk show after talk show on conservative radio stations tell you how great things are. Rather than argue on how they could be great again. How they could be great again isn't more manipulation and centralization. How they could be great again is trusting the American people. Why is it they have so little faith in the American people? You know the health care issue? What if you incentivize the health care provider? What if you incentivized him by alleviating taxation? 
You know the banking problem? What if you allowed bankers and investors to actually do what they wanted with their money? To actually help the other Americans? Oh, would that be a system of laissez-faire? Would that be a system that would run amok? Or aren't you pretending when you have a $23 trillion debt, when you have politicians elected threatening to seize the assets of people who dared to make too much, isn't that run amok? Are you more comfortable with government run amok than freedom? Because that's the way it looks to me as I look at the headlines, as I look at the talk shows. Listen, I realize that this isn't a popular thing. I realize if I put on my Caddyshack hat and bang the tambourines, you'd love it. People call up and love it. That's not real. That's not helping. Let's go to the phone lines. Henry, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. Um, I think that we've really lost the concept of what freedom really is. We're afraid to be responsible for our own decision-making. We're looking for either government or our employer or somebody to take care of my retirement money, take care of my kids, take care of my health care. We're afraid to live with with the consequences of what we decide. You know, Uh, and it's funny, look at Illinois, how comfortable your citizens are. Look at in Illinois how comfortable your fellow neighbor is with limiting and restricting and controlling you. That's how you know Illinois you can leave. My argument on tonight's show isn't about Illinois. Illinois is done. We've got a small chance to save it, but what's the reality of it? When you're electing Congress, people don't even live in a damn state like Underwood. What's the reality of your Illinois voter voting to reestablish those things you and I are talking about, Henry? But what, we can lose Illinois because you and I can move. We can't lose America, babe. And that's what I'm seeing when I, I see I've, Republicans go quiet on a $23 trillion. Today, this was a big thing for me. $23 trillion. You, Did you hear one person say anything about it? Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Henry, thanks for the call. I truly appreciate it. i got to go to break. 312-642-5600. Man, I should have taken that ignorance is bliss course. Really? Or how about the uh, Republican ostrich philosophy? Just bury your head in the sand. Watch the news. They'll tell you it's good. Have, uh, have Lou Dobbs with that big, giant head with that Rita Hayworth die job tell you everything's going to be good. Listen, first of all, you know my rule, kid. Number one, you never listen to billionaires who marry ugly women. So I didn't like Bruce Rauner. Number two, if your first decision in the morning is to stick double-sided tape on your head and put plastic stuff pretending it's hair, you don't get to vote on things like Pete Silvestri at the Cook County Commissioner. That's number two. These are, you have to have set standards before you turn over things. Now, I don't care what school those guys went to. If you're dyeing your hair and you're a 70-year-old man, or you're taping plastic hair to your bald head, these are things I don't listen to you anymore. It's just me. I'm silly that way. All right, John, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean, how are you? Splendid. You don't have a toupee on, do you, John? Because I'm going to lose all kinds of respect if you got no, that double-sided no, tape on your head. All right, no. good. Let's go. <laughs> hey, uh, same old story. Once you let someone in your pocket, they continue to go in it. But anyway, quick question. Yeah. Uh, you're a pretty educated guy. So uh-huh. back in the 30s when gold was like $15 an ounce and, and the government collected all the gold from the citizens and made it illegal uh, for you to have it. Made it all in reserves. Yeah. That, that gold value is worth a lot today. Where is that? 
Uh, last I checked, it was around fifteen hundred bucks. But where should it be? If you were still on the gold well, standard, where's the, all those reserves? They got it like at fifteen dollars an ounce, and it's worth fifteen hundred an ounce. Oh, you right? mean the American really gold? Come on. You really think there's yeah, gold? Yeah, they're sitting on all the gold. Yeah, sure they are. And to, and to explain that to Germany, who keeps wanting their gold back, we keep telling them come back in ten years. Come on, that's long yeah. gone. That's long gone. But here's the thing: you know something about that gold standard? The gold standard idea was to sell the rest of the world on using the U.S. dollar as its main currency. It's called the Bretton Woods Agreement. And it was actually, people don't understand this, the architect of it was John Maynard Keynes, the mathematician fraud. Mathematician fraud, John Maynard Keynes. And what he was going to do is guarantee to the rest of the world that we would never do what we're doing right now. What Donald Trump is actually calling for more of, I know I'm not supposed to say it, but when he tweets things like the Federal Reserve should get our interest rates down to zero or less, and we should then start to refinance our debt, well, aren't you screwing everybody who loaned you the money? See, to me, this isn't conservatism. To me, this is backdoor gypsyism. To me, this is everything that's wrong. Because I think in the bad guy and the currency manipulator, John, I think it's us. I don't think it's China. I think we're the biggest currency manipulator on the planet. I think the fact that we guaranteed the world that if they used our dollar, we wouldn't print more. We wouldn't take on this debt. And in fact, what we would do to guarantee our dollar is not just the full faith and credit of the government. That's that's the lie that Nixon told. It was that it would be backed on something material. And that since 2001, we've added well over 600 percent of the money in the world. We've printed it and we hide the inflation that just in 2015, $100 had the buying power of, a, of $110. We're hiding that now, and we're pretending there's no inflation. So, you know, John, to me, when, when, when they talk about who is the greatest currency manipulator, it's us. And we're threatening other countries to continue to use our money that we have a president who is conservative, advocating that we loan it out and we charge 0% interest and we continue to print it. And this is conservatism? Then Elizabeth Warren... Well, she just might be a regular Republican. You see what I mean, John? It's a problem to me. I do. I appreciate it. And I want to be good. I want to be happy. I want to be a good Republican. I want to go to Freedom Fest tomorrow, have the people like me. Ain't going to happen. Freedom Summit. All right. Fest Summit. Let's not split hairs. Thanks for calling, John. I truly appreciate it. All right. I'm going to go to the Freedom Summit tomorrow. It's going to be fun. You know, there was a rumor that I might get the intro. Sean Hannity. I'm dying to meet him. He shares the same name. He spells it wrong. He shares the same name. I'm dying to meet him kidding me plus you know last yes year he had the same outfit i had on i don't like that don't be wearing the same outfit better not happen tomorrow all right joey thanks for calling how are you buddy man i'm doing fabulous i think you're getting a little high stress because the future is looking bright for the right if you know anything about that grifter charlie kirk he's having like an implosion right now of young republicans are like 17 18 19 challenging him on the status quo and he's, he's melting down He's shutting stuff down. They're asking him about the spending. They're asking him about his immigration policies. And these are young Republicans. It makes me proud when I look at these boomers nowadays who just go with the Sean Hannity types and just drink up what they say. Joey, I got to ask you something. To me, me, what's going to be important in the future of America is stability, financial stability, responsibility in spending, and the understanding that it is immoral to continue down this, this punitive tax system that penalizes guys who create things that the people in this country and the world want. So to me, these are the core. I want to remove those planks of Marxism that already exist in our system. And, you know, when you add on Obamacare, 
we stopped talking about removing it. Somewhere in that discussion became remove and replace, and Joey, it happened without a peep, right? And now, no, we're, now we're back to the point where Republicans got good ideas. Well, why isn't the idea give the freedom back to us? And and it's See, a I, I and it's a mindset point. of a slave, Joey. It's the mindset of a slave that turns to its abuser and just has to sleep in the big house. I don't want to sleep in the big house. I want my own ranch. It's on the left and right. They keep voting for the same people. Now you sound like me. What I see with the younger generation, like Gen Z, the way they're rising up against these established Republicans. I mean, they even got Gorka going losing his crap over it. You know what I mean, Joey? I love what what I'm seeing from you. I think you're right. I think you inspired me because you're right. Because the reality is who always saves us? Who built the country? We're young people. Young people with the, with the, the almost ignorance to be optimistic and ideological enough to say, you deserve your freedom. What One thing's for sure, especially as America gets older, who's the ones that are forcing more socialism on us? Why do we have 70-year-old bags as presidents and running for presidents? These are people that should be doing Viagra and diaper commercials. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. Free college, energy, mortgages, <laughs> whatever you like. You have come to the right place. Why? I'll tell you why. Who can take your money? Who can take your money? With a twinkle in their eye. A twinkle in their eye. Take it all away and give it to some other guy. The government. The government. The government can. The government can. Who can tax the sunrise? Who can tax the sunrise? Green energy. Who can tax the trees? Carbon tax. Let you run a business and collect up all the fees. The government. I don't know if that guy's got a producer, but figure it out. That's going to be a hit, baby. Because that's what what everybody wants. Nobody talks about the man working, the working man, the real one. Not the union one. Just worried about the stretch marks around his belly button. Or the donut connoisseurs, the municipal one. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that not popular? Is that not right? Well, it might not be popular, but it's right. I know there's a couple out there. I got a family member in there. Something tells me he's waiting for a vacation. No, I could be wrong. Bill, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Sean, you're a great American. How are you, man? Thank you very much. Good. How are you? I got a couple things I want to say. I listened to that wonk woman uh, about an hour ago talk about uh, insurance. She is not, I do insurance for a living. I do corporate benefits and sell Obamacare, or as I like to call it, Obite Me Care, All right. because it's the biggest cow dung on the face of the planet. It did nothing but triple people's premiums, triple their out-of-pocket, and shorten the, uh, and restrict people to a but, limited number of doctors, as you well know. Bill, you know what it did um, do, though? And, it, it, it did something very psychological. It hid conservatives and welfare. It hid it so that they take it. And it, 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 it gave them that appetite. It was like a crack dealer to me. Because I have yeah. very good conservative friends who, who like the fact they're subsidized. And they can't put two and two together to realize you're on welfare, baby. And you know what? Yeah, it, it's, Sean, a, it's a I, trick. I, I, thought it, I thought it worked. I think it's brilliant. In its deception. I've got a couple of clients that make twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year because of their circumstances, and because of their subsidies, they would call me and say, "Bill, if I make any more money, I'll lose my insurance." And I'm like, "Did you just hear what you said? 
You want to be you want to be subservient to the idiots in Washington who don't give a rat's behind about you. That's how Illinois. That's how thing. Illinois happened. You know oh, that, well, Bill. Well, yeah, Illinois is run by a bunch of communist idiots. Where mm-hmm. eight hundred thousand net people have left in the last ten years, mm-hmm. and 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 government uh, jelly belly over there, as I like to say, job of the hut has not figured it out yet. But he doesn't have to worry because he's got he's got Pritzker oh, money all on. over the place. He hit the loin lottery, baby. Um, he don't need it. Are you kidding me? He doesn't know what a worry is. Absolutely. On the Medicare for all thing, since Obamacare was, in my professional opinion, a disaster for a lot of people, corporations included, there's two million idiots working in the federal government. Take the law enforcement people out and let them be the pool for the next three years because it takes three years for a pool to mature. Let them experiment with it. And then when they decide, then I want to talk to the bureaucrats who push paper, the Department of Labor, Education, wherever, not the politicians. I want to listen to them, the user. Let them find out how it really worked. Since they experimented on us, they should experiment on themselves. I know that will never work, Bill? but I think that would be get popular. I love The that. last thing Go I want to – Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to. The last thing I wanted to tell you was uh, the last thing I told your screener was um, back in back when my kid was in high school, he read a book from Ray Bradbury called Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. I'm reading this book with him because I didn't trust that he would read it. And I'm going, oh, my God, we're here. We're living it, baby. We're it's not, a great if book. That, it, it, it's an awesome book, yeah. but you know the story. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to read anything. You're not allowed to have newspapers. You can't have any reading material in your house. And if they find it, they'll send the firemen to you. Yes, I'm, I'm well aware and of it. not to take the fire out, they'll burn your house down. But, Bill, listen, what if they found a way to do it without such an iron fist? What if they only gave you access to propaganda? It would have the same effect. What if all you were inundated with were different versions of propaganda, yet they both achieved the same goal, and that goal was a bigger government? Uh-huh. Think about it. Thanks, Br- thanks, Bill. You know, this is fun. We got a bunch of callers. That's why I got rid of Bill so fast. I'm sorry, Bill, but we got to get to him. Because when we're all in the reconcentration camps, the re-education camps, I hope we're all sitting together because I like it very much. Mike, thank you for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean, uh, first of all, uh, you was the best show on the radio. Thank you. Uh, you remind me of Don Wade. You remind me of Don Wade. Uh, I want to ask you about these late-night talk shows real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always say, talk about the Democrats did this, did this. But don't you think all the Democrats that get their same me- um, talking points on the same teletype by one dark force out there? They all yeah. agree and they're all You know evil. what it is, Mike? It's the Communist Manifesto. Because you know what it does, Mike? It makes them gods among men. These are smart people. We had the guy talk about academics. They are smart. And what they learned is if you control society, you are a god among men. That's why they always push the agenda of turning them into gods. It's diabolical in its simplicity. Thank you, Mike, for calling. I do have to clear the lines. I want to get to Bill. Bill, how are you? Oh, no. Bill, Bill, hang on. We got break. Sorry, kid. All right, I didn't know. I heard the clipping in the ears, but you know, I'm looking at the names. I'm a caller. I like the callers. If you are, hang on. I'll figure it out how to get to you. 312 642 5600. You know, that song makes you want to drive home naked. Look! I can pull it off. This is when it was a better time. Wide lapels. Some style in the clothing. You know what I mean? But he's walking around like an extra in Mad Men now. 1979, that's when they changed the Eldorado. Oh, that was a car, baby.
Now look at us. It's ridiculous. That's when GM before the union killed it. It was fun back then. But there's hope. There's always optimism. And as we discussed on a prior segment, it lies within the youth. Boy, I'd like to pretend that that's real, but it's not real. But anyway, there are about a third, as there always are, that make the world go around. And our third seems to be very motivated, very optimistic, and I do think our next guest guest has a very, very bright future. Catalina Lauf. I hope I'm saying that right. I am from Melrose Park, and we didn't have too many Laufs, but we got one on the, on the radio right now. Catalina is running for congresswoman, and she's running against a person who didn't even have an Illinois driver's license when she became a congresswoman. Underwood, I believe her name is. Catalina, how's it looking for you? How are you doing, Sean? Thanks so much for having me today. Wonderful. Looking great. All right, you're doing good in the polls. We got polls. What are you doing? You're going door to door. You know, I got to tell you, you look like my daughter in this picture. You're very young. How old are you? 26. Oh, you look like a kid. Wonderful. 26. This is the prime age. See, this is the generation that could change things. So when you get in, when you become a congressperson, you're not going to do what the Illinois Republicans do, are you? Because if you're going to do it, I'm going to be mad at you. You're not going to mindlessly spend and borrow. You're not going to knuckle under the Federal Reserve. You're not going to just spend on whims, are you? No, and that's why it's so important that we we do uh, elect somebody who's young, why we need the support on the campaign, because the rest of the backbenchers that we have right here in the primary that we've had in the Illinois State Party for a long time, it, it, we're done with that. We need fighters. We elected a fighter in the Oval Office. It's time that we have one here in Illinois 14 and also in the state, Sean. We need a new generation now to push back. You see the socialism that's happening. You see people like Lauren Underwood and the rest of the squad and AOC. It's time for the new generation to fight back. How are the Illinois Republicans treating you? You know, I think very good. I think uh, overall, the, the from the grassroots perspective and, and the, from the people perspective, everybody's so excited to have a new face, a fresh face in politics new perspective they love the the energy and the youth that you know myself and the campaign bring so overall it's been very positive so are are there other republicans going after this i heard a rumor that oberweiss with his candy bar and his kisser is he going after it too you know i think of course i think they see me as the biggest threat right now warren underwood he's giving away ice cream how are you going to compete with free ice cream kid you're young you're 26 you don't have an ice cream empire you could be handing out cones to all the fatsos how are you going to compete with that yeah, I think, well, first of all, everybody takes, gets rid of the milk duds and the Halloween candy first. So all right, all right. Um, everyone wants the shiny new chocolate bar, and I think that's what we can, what we're, we're providing here. It's time for a new space, not somebody who's run about eight, nine, ten times now. People who have been in, in Illinois politics, it, 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 the time is now. And I think yeah. the 14th wants somebody new. So your Who competition, your competition, if I could sum it up, is a 30 year Illinois political veteran whose greatest achievement is getting the speed limit raised. Ooh. And uh, you're running against a carpetbagger who did not have a license from the state. She became a congresswoman from. Is that correct? Yep. No, that's absolutely correct. Right. And I think, honestly, let's not underestimate, there are other people here in the primary, too, and they're all, frankly, the same. And so um, while we do have a big, you know, 
a competitive race here. It's ultimately uh, going to be myself against Lauren Underwood uh, because I am the best set to defeat her and, and the rest of the whoever she's being funded by and and the fact that she wasn't, she's not even from here. So I'm a part-timer. I don't know when I'm going to be. I mean, I'm going to be on next Friday. I'm a part-timer here. I'm going to give you an endorsement. What do you think of that, kid? So if I want to give you an endorsement and throw $50 your way, where do I go to donate the money? Because I'm going to go with yeah. with you and Jeannie Ives. You're my two picks. So go ahead. Where do I donate? Thank you so much, Sean. You had to CatalinaForCongress.com. What was it? I missed That's it. The, the producer was talking in my ear. What was that? Catalina, Catalina for Congress.com. And Catalina with a C. L-I-N-A. Yep. All right, wonderful. Are you got any events coming up? What do you got? You got anything of interest? You're gonna, what are you going to do? You got to compete against free ice cream, kid. I mean, do I have to give you some advice, some tips here? You got to start getting out yeah, there. Yeah, we're, we're open to advice, but, you know, we're, we're building a, a massive grassroots movement. We'll be having an event here in district uh, within the next couple weeks, so we'll make sure to keep you posted on that, too. So, see, people don't understand. Congress is the most important body of government, period, end of story. So you've got to constantly hit that message. You're going to run under fiscal responsibility, plain and simple. You're going to save the generation you're a part of because you kids are the one that are going to get stuck with this failure. See, this is the message. Absolutely. All right, let me know. We're you want me to cut a commercial for you? Yeah. See, let me know. you got to get me out there because I'm angry. You know why, kid? I'm the guy they're coming after. I don't want anything from anybody. That's why you got to appeal to the people who want to be free. It's a small window, but I have faith in you. And I have faith in my fellow Americans, unlike the socialist who wants to steal his freedom because he wants to control them. And never forget, we are the ones that are promoting the absence of, of force. Nothing we have has force in it. Everything you're running against is about force. Lori Underwood is just another Politburo member. And that's what you're beating. You're beating the ideal. And you're running against the easiest thing to beat. Nobody wants to be a slave. I so appreciate you coming in. Catalina Lauf, thank you so much. I hope you come back and let us know how you're doing. Thanks so much, Sean. Have a good night. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much. All right, I'll be back next Friday. I'll be at Freedom Summit, kid. Summit, Venus? Is it Summit? All right. Freedom Summit tomorrow. I'm going to, do you think they'll let me intro to big guy? I've been practicing. I can say Sean real good. See, how would you like the real Sean, S-H-A-U-N, to, to do the big shot, Sean? S-E-A-N. All right, I'm working on it. I will be back next Friday. I hope I see you tomorrow. I've had a lot of fun. Listen, put up the fight. It's worth it. It's fun. I feel like I was at the gym for a couple hours. We'll be back after. No, we won't. I keep doing that. I'll be back next Friday.